Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I'd like to welcome you to the July 17th episode of the bull bear banter. Tom Guinan is joining me, and he's going to recap the corn and soybean markets for the week. Tom? Well, Cheyenne, September corn futures gained two and three quarters on Friday, ending at 333, but that is down four and a quarter from last Friday's close. December corn gained two and a quarter today, ending at 339 and three quarters, and that's down five for the week. August soybeans were up four and a half today, closing at 898 and gaining 10 and three quarters from last Friday. November beans were up four at the close to finish at 895, and that's up four and a quarter for the week. So the big story this week was way more about sales to China than the weather. Throughout the week, we received updates about large sales being made to China for old crop as well as new crop. Most of the excitement was about corn being sold in quantities large enough to grab headlines, but there were also some sales of soybeans made. We'll get into the actual sales data for last week soon, and that was a big week as well. From last Friday forward, we've seen several flash sales reports. This week alone, we've seen 86.9 million bushels of corn sold to China for new crop. Last Friday, there was another big sale announced, and adding that in brings us to just shy of 150 million bushels of corn bought by China in five business days. This week, they also bought 38.2 million bushels of soybeans, with 33.3 of that for new crop. And again, going back to last Friday, they also bought 11.75 million bushels of wheat. So when you tally it all up, they purchased 199.5 million bushels of corn, wheat, and soybeans during those five days. And these are just the sales attributed to China. There were several other sales to unknown in the past week as well. Whether or not some of those were for China, this has been a very big week for purchases by them, especially when compared to their historical corn purchases. A lot of reports are saying that it now appears that they have met their commitments for the Phase 1 purchases from the U.S. Now, that said, we are returning to high temps over the next several days. Weather is still going to be an important factor for the rest of the growing season. Keep an eye on changes to the forecast. And with that, let's move on to the bull bear factors. As far as bull factors for corn, as you noted, export sales, we had several big sales of corn to China during the past seven days exceeding any previous one-week period of corn purchases by them. It is disappointing that these sales didn't add to last Friday's closing corn bids. Maybe it was a little bit of the the buy-the-rumor-sell-the-fact situation. The actual sales report that was issued Thursday was right in the middle of expectations, showing 38.6 million bushels, but this is a very strong number for this time of year. Last year's data for the same week showed just 7.8 million bushels sold. Total commitments for old crop are sitting at 1.712 billion bushels, which is 12% behind last year, but the USDA is forecasting a 14% decline year over year, so it continues to appear that we'll hit that projection, if not exceed it, by just a bit. Ethanol production increased again last week to 274 million gallons. This is the 11th consecutive weekly increase. It's interesting to note that it was 12.7% below the same week of last year, which is exactly what we said last week about the previous week. Ethanol stocks remain unchanged for the week at 866 million gallons. 
There is beginning to be more concern about the resurgence of COVID-19 cases in many of these large population states. And I'm starting to wonder if that will impact gasoline demand in the next few weeks, and if so, what will be the impact on ethanol margins and production? Another interesting development in the ethanol industry this week involves Green Plains, Inc. They filed a lawsuit against ADM, alleging that ADM manipulated the ethanol market by flooding a terminal in Illinois with ethanol from November of 2017 through March of 2019. Their claim is that this has negatively impacted industry-wide pricing. Heat and dryness over the next few days will continue to keep a floor under this market if not move us a little higher. Changes to the forecast will be watched closely and will drive the market in the near term without more demand coming in. The Sunday night forecast is the one that almost all traders pay attention to, and then they use that to compare to actual weathers and other changes. So our bear factors on corn, crop rating slipped another two points this week. Nationally, we're sitting at 69%. However, that's still above last year's number of 58%, even though this is the second week in a row of lower ratings. I'm also keeping it in the bear column because of the rain events and cooler temps over the past week. In case you missed it, Mason City saw 44 degrees on Thursday morning. And there's an ongoing debate about whether or not this week's cooler temps and scattered rainfall enhanced corn quality or simply stabilized it. But we'll see more with Monday's crop ratings. Last week, Iowa dropped 2 points to 83%. Nebraska dropped 4 to 70%. Indiana was off a point, down to 59 However, Minnesota and Illinois were unchanged at 85% and 61% respectively. Actual export inspections last week were right in the middle of expectations at 35.5 million bushels, but below the previous week's number of 40.7. In fact, this was the first week in 11 weeks to fall below that pace, and also the lowest we've seen in 12 weeks. This was also below the pace needed to finish the year at the USDA's estimate. Keep in mind that we will need about $38 million per week through the end of August to hit that estimate. And finally, gasoline demand over the past four weeks is running about 9% behind the same time last year. Well, Cheyenne, even though prices for soybeans climbed this week, there's really not a lot of bullish inputs to talk about. NOPA crush numbers for June showed another monthly record. With a crush of 167 million bushels, that is 112% of last June's report. For the year, we're running about 4 percentage points ahead of the same 10 months last year, and we're on track to hit the USDA's projection of 2.155 billion bushels, even with the increase they showed in the WASD last week. We should expect a decent sales report next week, given all of the sales we've heard about this week, with several cargoes being sold to China. Alright, so our bear factors on soybeans. The crop ratings for soybeans also dropped in this week's report. Nationally, we lost three points to hit 68% in the good to excellent categories. At this point last year, we were only at 54%. So, like with corn, we dropped, but we're quite a bit better than last year. For the week, Iowa dropped a point down to 83%. Minnesota remained at 83%. Illinois lost four points, hitting 59%, and Indiana is down two to 60%. Nationally, 48% of the crop is blooming versus 19% last year and 40% on average. Iowa's at 58 versus 41 on average. And as far as setting pods, we're now at 11% nationally versus the 10% average. Of that, Iowa has 10% setting pods versus 7% on average. Export shipments last week were 17.8 million bushels. 
Not only was this below the previous week's 20.6 million, but it was also below the needed pace of 25 million to achieve the USDA's estimate for the year. And last, export sales were reported at 11.5 million bushels for the week, which is at the bottom of expectations. This is the second lowest total we've seen in 13 weeks. While it's fairly typical this time of year, it's still a little disappointing given all the recent talk about Chinese purchases. Maybe next week we'll be able to move this back to a bull factor as we are on pace to meet the USDA's annual projection if everything gets loaded by the end of August. As far as what to watch for and upcoming events, last Friday we wrapped up the pricing period for our averaging contract for corn. We finished at $3.43.8 versus December corn futures. Comparing that to today's close of $3.39 and three-quarter cent, we're about four cents above that number with our averaging contract. However, the real comparison will be the first part of October. The soybean averaging contract wraps up next Friday. August 12th is the next WASDE report, and we'll look for an update on demand during that report. Friday, July 17th, is Peach Ice Cream Day. Did you know that peaches are native to China? Spanish explorers brought them to America in the 16th century. Commercial cultivation has made them the second biggest fruit crop in the U.S. after apples. Peach ice cream sounds like a great idea over this hot weekend. And now for Tom's take. For quite some time now, we've been encouraging producers to enter into forward sales. And by that, I mean something beyond the next 30 to 60 days. Our research has shown that by and large, producers do a better job of marketing grain when they are pricing well ahead of delivery. This is especially true in years where there are large supplies and even more true with large ending stocks numbers. I had a farmer once tell me that they never take anything to town that isn't already priced in some fashion. They just don't pay commercial storage, and they do a pretty good job of marketing their grain. It does take some time and effort, but more than that, I think it takes some discipline. Now I know that some people view making a sale prior to knowing their actual total production as a risky move, but I think of it more as managing the risk. Now, you don't want to get crazy and market 100% of your expected production before harvest. What I'm advocating is that you get comfortable with marketing a percentage of your crop prior to harvest. If you're already doing something, start adding to that. Do an extra 5 or maybe 10%. If you're not doing anything prior to harvest, start marketing 10% of your APH prior to harvest. And then, sell it for the delivery period just prior to when you know that you'll need some money to pay some bills. So let's look at an example using Friday's close on the Board of Trade. Corn futures for December of 2020 ended the day at 339 and 3 quarters, while December of 2021 ended at 367 and a quarter, or about 27 cents higher. My simple question is this. If I offered you 25 cents, or 27 cents more for delivery this fall than what we are currently bidding, would you sell me some? If your answer to this question is yes, then let's get a sale on the books for next harvest. My current belief is that we're going to hang in this $2.90 to $3 range and maybe even drift a little lower before harvest, and we're going to stay there for a year or more, just because of that large expected ending stocks number a year from now. So how about a little challenge? Before the end of this July, sell us 5,000 bushels of corn for harvest of 2021 as a futures-only contract. Then, if you make another sale to us at a better futures price than you locked in originally, we'll waive the four-cent fee on that first contract. But, if you can't beat that original price, you have to agree to sell us another 5,000 bushels of your 2021 crop at some point. Okay? Let's give it a try. If you're interested, just contact me or your local GMA and refer to Tom's Challenge.
Thanks for listening. I think that's all we have for you today. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or drop an email to podcast at LandisCooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you again next week. <music>